Welcome to the Ancestral Alignment Podcast. I'm your host, Molly Stanhill. The aim of this podcast is to empower people to take control of their own health by arming them with the tools to live a biologically appropriate life in our modern world. Through the creation of new habits and lifestyle practices, I want to enable better health, strength and vitality that nourishes all sectors of life. Today I have the pleasure of sharing a recording I did with Petra a few weeks back. Petra has a passion for health and vitality. She's always been interested in living a healthy life and finding the most optimal diet, but never truly succeeded until she came across the carnivore diet. After following an animal-based diet with an emphasis on high-quality animal fats and organ meats, her life has drastically improved. Her goal is to share her story in hopes to challenge others to be open-minded when presented with new information that goes against the grain. Awesome. So I just wanted to welcome everyone. This is Petra. She runs The Meters, which is a Instagram channel and as well as a YouTube channel. I would love you to start off, Petra, with just telling everyone a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do. Sure. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, so um, my name is Petra and I'm from Canada. I'm originally from Romania and I, I came to Canada in 1999. So I was pretty young. So it's fair to say that I'm pretty Canadian, but I've still got my Romanian roots in me. Um, what I've been doing recently with my time is completely different than what I've done for the last like 26 years of my life. I'm 28 now. Um, basically, I, I've been trying to serve my highest values because I realize if I don't figure out what my values are, I'm probably going to be living in the values of others. So trying to narrow down what those values are and live every day uh, serving those values. And some of them include uh, meditating, uh, focusing on my nutrition. That's been a really, really big one since um, about 2019. Um, focusing on, you know, getting strong, trying to heal some injuries that I have. Um, just bringing things kind of back to basics and focusing on what really matters to me, like my family, my friends, um, letting people know, you know, how I feel about them and not, not uh, missing any opportunity to, uh, opportunity to do so, getting in touch with nature. So that's, that's pretty much what I do when I have free time. That's awesome. What kind of got you into, like, what shifted your mentality towards, I guess, how you interact with the world and like why you now live like through using your values rather than just what you were believing before. Yeah. So um, about a year and a half ago, a little bit over a year and a half ago, I uh, actually let's fast, let's rewind a little bit uh, more than that. I was about 25 years old and fairly healthy in shape uh, but the one thing that started to happen was I started to lose my hair and I noticed it because I would find hair like all over my pillows. Um, I was dog sitting at my dad's house a lot and there was hair all over his couch and it started getting pretty serious. Like I was getting freaked out. And I remember telling my boyfriend, like, dude, can you, can you have a look at my hair? Like it, it's, it's thinning. And I remember that he was telling me, no, it's fine. It's fine. But then after he admitted that in fact he was kind of worried he just didn't want to make things worse for me so um 
I didn't really know what to do. So I quit smoking. I, I used to be quite a heavy um, cigarette smoker. I quit drinking. I was like the occasional wine drinker, but it was pretty much every day. So I thought maybe those were some factors contributing. My diet was also uh, primarily focused on a on a plant protein um, perspective because I was vegan for about two months before. Um, sorry, two months in that year. Um, that didn't really work out for me trying out the vegan thing because I kept thinking of meat. I didn't really know like my why, my reason for doing so. Um, I was just kind of, you know, blindsided by all of these documentaries that I watched. And I believed that meat was bad for us, bad for the planet. And I felt truly terrible for the animals. But at the end of the day, it wasn't really something that in my heart I could stick to. So I did that for about a month and a half, two months. And once I gave it up, I went back to eating a standard American diet, but I did prioritize plants and we'd go to restaurants and, you know, we try to be healthy. So we go to the vegan restaurants and, you know, have those like intense Buddha bowls with like quinoa and sweet potato and tempeh and tofu and uh, smoothies. I actually remember like there was this one specific restaurant. It's called Fresh. I don't know if you guys have it um, in Australia, but we'd go and I'd walk out of there like bloated, like almost looking like four months pregnant. And I knew it was this smoothie we were having. And, but I, I don't know why I never made the connection that, Hey, it's not normal to bloat. But of course we normalize so many of these things in our society. And we, it's almost like funny, like who can be more bloated? I remember like we'd go to our friends' houses and we'd all eat and it'd be like this funny joke, like who's, who's the more bloated one? Um, which is so weird now that I think back to it. Um, and then fast forward, started losing my hair. It's getting really bad. I considered even buying a wig. And what was really interesting though, is when I was losing my hair, I started to pay attention to um, other girls or women on the street, I'd go to the mall and, um, or just like for a walk outside. And I would notice that there's a lot of females in society, at least in Canada, where I'm living that are, their hair is thinning. And it's usually like in the crown area, the, the right side of the crown area, top right. And I noticed it and I was like so baffled by it. I kept telling Daniel, like, what, what is it? What is going on? What is this like a, like an epidemic? Like, why are we all balding? It was women from ages, I don't know, seemingly to be like at least 16 to, to 40, all with hair thinning issues. That's not normal. Um, so I, like I mentioned, I quit smoking, I quit drinking didn't get better. But in March of 2019, um, Daniel's sister introduced us to the carnivore diet. She had been doing it for exactly 30 days with her boyfriend, Adam. And we, we met up with her and I was shocked at how amazing she looked. Like she was so lean and, and strong and, um, I was also like, I guess a little bit jealous because I couldn't understand like why she looked that good. I had, I saw her two weeks before when they were like week two of carnivore diet and she didn't, she didn't look that good, but 
that day. She looked amazing. So I asked her, like, what do you do? What, what's going on? And she told me, I told you, I'm doing this meat thing. I'm eating meat. We only ate meat for a month. And I'm like, what do you mean? You're crazy. So she started um, going into more detail about the diet. And I was mortified. I felt like my, <laughs> yeah, like mortified. Like, I honestly felt like I was a vegan and you had like a carnivore telling me that I should, should try the carnivore diet. Like that was my, that was my reaction. And, um, I've mentioned this before in the, like maybe on you, on our YouTube channel or, or like on Instagram, that was such a defining moment for me as a person, because it, I always thought I was such an open-minded person and kind of prided myself on being open-minded, but it really, it really exposed me for how closed-minded I was and how defensive I got and I felt attacked and um, I just kind of like put up these these walls in that moment. I didn't want to hear it. I was so confused and I was almost judging her. So it was like a lot of ugly behavior that although I'm ashamed of it, I'm so happy that I can look back and see the growth that has happened since then. Um, so we basically spent like five hours talking about the carnivore diet. I asked her about every single vegetable. I'm like, well, what about avocados? What's wrong with avocados? What about tomatoes? What about this? What about that? And she, she broke everything down. Um, her boyfriend graduated from university with a nutrition degree. So before they um, dived into the carnivore diet, he spent like endless nights doing research and obviously he was just as shocked as most of us are when we hear about this way of eating. Like you think this is ridiculous. It's like, what's wrong with these people almost. Right. So he, they did their research before diving into it. So she was like, I say to this day, that was like one of the best speeches I've ever heard. Like she, she really needs to go into like public speaking or something. Cause that was super convincing because the, <laughs> The next day, like I, I started my day one. So she like shattered my reality. And then I, I had my last apple pie that night and I really ate it with, with like disgust. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it was by the end of the five hour speech, she really got to me. And um, like looking back now, that was a year and a half ago that day, I knew so little about the carnivore diet or like, you know, eating animal based and it's what our ancestors used to do. I didn't know any of that. I just knew like the little tidbits that she told me, she, she mentioned anti-nutrients, she mentioned bioavailability. So these are all things I'd never heard before, but it was still convincing enough for me to just start, just give it a shot for 30 days. She told me, if you can't do this for 30 days, like, come on, it's so easy. Just give it a try. See how you feel. It's just 30 days. Right. So that's what I kept telling myself. So I went home that night. I watched the Sean Baker and Jordan Peterson episode. And the next day I went to a butcher shop. I got, I don't even remember like a, a cut of meat of some kind of cut of beef came back home, tried to cook it. I had no idea how to even make a steak or how to even cook meat. I actually didn't even know how to make food at all. Um, like I wasn't a very good cook. And then that that evening I watched the, the Michaela Peterson and Joe Rogan um, episode. 
sorry, I think I said Sean Baker and Jordan Peterson. I meant Joe Rogan. Oh yeah. Sean, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, I just, I started learning basically on day one and I haven't stopped learning since then. Um, and I'm continuing to learn cause there's so much to learn, but that's really where I think the mind shift, the mind shift began on March 31st, 2019, the day that Daniel's sister shattered my world. That's when it all started. Wow. Yeah. I remember I like, I feel like I had a kind of a similar experience as well to that. I remember I was at the gym and like, there was this one chick there and she's just ripped. Like, and I was like, fuck, like you look so good and you like just are incredible. And she's like, mid thirties. And I was like, how do you look so good? And I was like, what are you like? Come on, tell me what you eat. Like what you're doing. And she's just like, Oh, like, you know, I just ate meat. And I was like, what do you <laughs> like? What? And like, I had heard about it before and I was following a few people on Instagram that were, you know, promoting it. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is cool. And like, I kind of had thought about doing it, but was like, nah, like, fuck no. Like that's crazy. And, um, that's- and then she told me and I was like, what the fuck? Like, are you serious? And, um, she was like, yeah, like I feel super good on it. And I just like, I couldn't, I couldn't really like, you know, I thought about it for like, you know, I thought about it a lot after she had told me that. And, you know, I kept seeing people on Instagram that looked really healthy and were telling me how amazing they were feeling and like so many reasons to do it and stuff. But like, I had so many barriers towards, I was like, oh, but I work out all the time. Like I need my carbs. Like I, you know, like if I go into ketosis, I'm going to feel like shit. I'm going to have no energy. Like, you know, even though everyone said to me like, oh, you feel really good. You have mental clarity, all this stuff. I wasn't really convinced. I was sort of like, that's bullshit. Like, you know, where am I going to like get my energy from? Like I genuinely believed like carbohydrates were like giving me energy and that's, that was what was making me feel really good. And then like after like, you know, sort of shifting into more of, um, I guess like a sapien diet, like, um, I don't know if you know Brian Sanders, but he's like, he's yeah. sapien. Yeah. He's sapien. And he sort of, the sapien diet is more of like a, you know, it's animal based in the sense that it's like kind of 80, 80% meat and meat products. And then it also includes like a bit of fermented veg and that's quite ancestral in that point. And like, I tried that for a while and like, I felt pretty good on it. Like I definitely felt better than before when I was kind of just paleo eating heaps of veg. And then, yeah. um, yeah. And then like, then was like, okay, cool. I'm actually going to try, um, try this carnivore thing. I was actually when I went with my partner and he was carnivore and I was like, all right, like, this is kind of a sign that I'm going to do it. And then I did it for like, yeah, I did it from then. It was just like, fuck, like, this is sick. And like, I feel really good. And like, I was just eating like huge steaks and like heaps of fat and was like, what the hell? Like, like I can eat all this food and feel so satiated and like cooking up mad barbecues. And I was like, this is awesome. And then like started feeling incredible. Like my skin completely healed. Like I've, cause I've like struggled in the past so much, especially when I was vegan. Like I had the worst skin I've ever had in my life, like mad acne, like tried everything like you know was on the pill for it like that didn't help that made me feel like shit and then tried all these medications went to dermatologists like was really you know like really like it really took away like a lot of my confidence and like as well as like my like yeah just like my self-love as well like I really valued how I looked um and like obviously I still do like I care how I look and how like I present myself to the world but yeah like that that skin thing was massive for me and I felt like you know I wasn't of value because of my skin. And like, I don't believe that's true. And I think that that's, that was a really um, a skewed way of looking at things, but you know, like coming to now I'm like, well, you know, even less like that mental aspect of things, like my mental health, I feel like has improved significantly since changing diet as well. And yeah, all the things in that. And like, now I'm just like, Oh my God, like I'm such a, such a strong believer in it. And I feel like, you know, it's, it's very easy from the outside to be like, this is fucking crazy. Like, 
<laughs> you yeah. know, like I remember seeing um, Joe Rogan do it. I was like, you're fucking crazy. Like started seeing all these people and was like, maybe, like maybe they're not, maybe they're onto something. And I think it wasn't until I started looking at it from like an ancestral lens. And I was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense that like ancestrally we've eaten this way for tens of thousands of years, like predominantly meat based. And like now we're like in the modern world here, but we're eating like random things like corn and like chips and shit. And even like soy and tofu and tempeh, like I thought that stuff was really healthy for you, but I was like, we wouldn't have fucking made this stuff. Like, why would we have eaten a soybean? Like that shit is toxic. And yeah, it's, it's just funny. Like, you know, once you kind of actually begin to open your mind up to it, like you said, and try it out and yeah, and actually experiment with it and how, how that can like completely change your view and be like, oh my God, like this is incredible. Absolutely. And I, I find it so, um, interesting i haven't really had many opportunities to talk to um other people who have switched from vegan or a standard american diet or like a standard diet to an animal-based diet about skin because i had really bad skin too but for the people that know me they'd probably be like no you didn't because i didn't have cystic acne but the funny part was when i felt like i was eating my most my healthiest so primarily plant-based. I was doing those like celery juices every morning. My skin was, it's worse. Like I had these bumps all over my cheeks and I, within the last two years, I started getting um, acne on my jawline and on my neck. And it's, you know, like when you have those cystic pimples, makeup can't cover it. Like it, makeup doesn't hide like the 3D things growing on your face, you know? Totally. So Um, I I totally resonate with that um, with I also care about how I look I mean it's the society that we live in today places such an emphasis on your physical appearance and that's why um, when I lost my hair it was devastating and to this day I'm still dealing with that like I'm I had really really long beautiful hair I had never dyed it um and then literally from like one year to the next it just started falling out i had to cut it short because i thought maybe that would help so now i had thinning shorter hair and even to this day like i look in the mirror and i don't recognize that person i almost feel like i'm still waiting for that girl that i left behind (laughs) you know and it's like I kind of have to like get to know the new me and just wait until this hair grows. Like I want my hair to grow. I kind of want to, you know, I want to go back there. I feel like I want to get that second chance. (laughs) Um, But I still want, I'm still like one thing that I, when you asked like, what do I do? Like I, I really, really try to just focus on myself and I try to remind myself every day of the things that matter. And I know really these things don't matter in the grand scheme of, of things, but I, I want to also live in this moment and also embrace like this new Petra with this new shorter, puffy, weird ass hair that's growing, like whatever, bring it on. I'm going to embrace it. <laughs> but that's not to say that like, you know, it, it's been rough for sure. Like it, it's totally been rough. And um, I actually listened to your first episode, which was so beautiful, by the way, your intro episode. And um, I just wanted to say like, you you said something that I've never I've always felt but I've never been able to put into words as beautifully as you did you said that switching over or like discovering you know the whole animal-based world and eating this way has made you 
live each day more deeply and, and feel more deeply and build uh, relationships uh, with people in this community and feel like a true connection. So I can totally 100% relate to that. I don't know what it is and like call me crazy, but it, I've never felt like this in my entire life. And it almost begs the question, was the food that I was eating before causing like a permanent blockage for me to make certain realizations, to feel certain feelings? Was I just kind of living in like this fog? Yeah, I so feel that. Like I resonate with so much, like so many things you just said. Like I, even like the other day, like I find it, cause I don't know, like looking into the mirror and being like, oh my God, who the fuck is that? Like, and I, like I look so much more healthy and like vibrant and vital than I ever have before. And like, it's almost like I'm not hundred percent sure if that's really me. And I'm like, oh, like, why do we look so good? And I'm like, oh, I guess, you know, like I'm not on my period or like maybe I haven't been eating dairy or this or that. And I'm like, no, this is just, you, you are like, you are this now, like in your, you're like, I like, I'm the healthiest I've ever been in my life. And it's, it's almost like a little bit strange. Cause some, some days I expect to wake up and like, you know, have heaps of pimples on my face and like, you know, the, I get the occasional pimple, like, especially coming up to my period, like I get like one or two and like, yeah. you know, I see one and I like almost like part of me freaks out. It's like, is it coming back? And I'm like, it's not like there's, you know, it, it's just your period or whatever it is. And, you know, and even with that, like, even in saying that, like, I noticed that the longer I am like meat based for like the less and less, even my period causes me to break out. Like my hormones are stabilizing so much better now. And it's, it's funny like that, just even that sort of like the image you have of yourself and like how that kind of stays for a really long time, even though that's not necessarily you anymore. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's kind of interesting, like how, um, what you were saying about like community and feeling connected. Cause I feel like, you know, I think that there's a lot of stuff that like, it's very hard to prove scientifically that how, when we shift our diet, I mean, there is some stuff set, like coming out now, how, when we shift our diet, like it makes these insane, like changes like to us, like mentally and like how we function and everything like that. Like even, um, even cholesterol, like how that is so important for like our, um, neurological synapses and like, you know, being able to process things and memories and sleep and like all of that stuff. Um, is super interesting. And like, I definitely believe that that plays a role into, um, yeah, into how we are and how we're able to connect and how, like, how like emotionally available we are to be able to connect with people. And, you know, food has always been something that people have connected through for tens of thousands of years. Like, you know, back when we were hunter gatherers, like when, when some, like when a group of the, the males from the tribe, like went and caught an animal, we brought it back. Like that was a special moment. Like, and we all yeah. sat together and we connected over that and we nourished over that. And, you know, the, the fattier cuts and the organs would go to the sick the, or like the elderly, not so much the sick because we were pretty healthy back then. And, um, and the kids and like, you know, and then everyone else would share everything else. And it was very communal and it was very, you know, it was a, it was a very um, ceremonial thing. And it's, it, I feel like there's still like, you know, it, it sounds a little bit like hippie or spiritual or whatever, but I still feel like there's that, um, that knowing within us and like that connection over food, like I'll sit down and share a meal with my partner. And like, we always like, you know, thank each other for spend like spending that time with each other and thank the animal for like giving us this energy and like, you know, and That's being, fun. yeah. And having that, like, you know, almost ceremonial, like part of eating, like, even if I eat alone, like I'll sit down, I'll sit outside. Like I look up at the sky and like, I'm, I'm present. I'm here. Like I look down at the food and I'm grateful. I thank the lamb for the brain. I'll thank the, you know, the, the cow for the, um, the fat or whatever it is like. Um, 
and just actually there and present. Like, I feel like that is something that, you know, regardless of what your diet is bringing that in, like, even if you are like eating more plants or whatever it is, or like a bowl of yogurt, like thanking whoever it was that like, you know, helped create that and that energy that goes into the food. And, you know, I think it should be something that's, that's taken more, um, yeah, more with like a ceremonial point of view and like more presence and yeah, giving more respect, especially when like consuming an animal, like thanking that process and thanking the farmer and the, you know, everything that's gone into creating that. Absolutely. We do that too. It's so funny. Like we'll have a a brisket. I swear to you, like I'll bring, we'll go visit my mom and I'll bring a brisket and I'll make a brisket for the whole family. And then I'll literally look at Daniel. I'll be like, man, like thank you to this cow and thank you to Mike, our farmer. Like we we always do that. And I mean it, like I feel it. And I, I totally get you. Like I, even before, um, before discovering this animal based diet, like I don't know. I was just kind of like flowing through life. Like I wasn't really paying attention. And now I feel like I'm just even so much more in tune with nature and with the stars. Like I have this newfound appreciation for the galaxy, for the moon. Like I'm always looking up and and I'm so curious. I'm truly wondering like, where do we come from? So I don't know who, who I am sometimes. I feel like I've just developed um, like a new, maybe I've just kind of evolved a little bit and like expanded and and maybe figured out what my values are maybe i've kind of narrowed it on my values i feel like i was so distracted before you are like you when you were talking about the traditions back in the day when our ancestors used to hunt their food and then kind of you know share it and split it and split the bone marrow and pass it along and I, it kind of i had this image in my head of how like uh we would just like go to mcdonald's and grab like five happy meals and then just go sit on the couch and like that's our tradition now you know (laughs) we're so far removed from like what it used to be totally natural yeah i love that you um that you kind of brought up how you feel a lot more connected to like the stars and the galaxy and there's like more of a sense of awe and wonder as well as like deeper connection to nature like i've definitely noticed like shifting into more of an animal-based diet like i feel a lot more wild and strong and it was funny i was actually listening to um something uh joe rogan recorded with paul saladino and he was talking about how when he did his 30 days carnivore he was like more aggressive and he had more like energy and zest for life and like yeah. was more like just powerful and, and i completely feel that i feel like i'm like pinging with energy like you know and especially like i've been having a lot of liver recently as well like been having you know it every single day and like actually really growing to like it thanks to you actually i remember messaging you being like can you please help me like i hate this shit and now oh, like awesome. It's really good. And I also saw something Michaela Peterson um, put up on how to cook liver and she like kind of just really crisps it until it's slightly burnt. And I actually really love it now. And um, I've been having that almost daily and uh, I feel so good. Like, you know, even just thinking about it now is like, oh my God, like I feel like a lot more, like so much more energy and so much more drive. And like, it's been insane as well. Like even my productivity and my work and stuff like that over the past, like two months, I was thinking about it yesterday and I was like, holy shit. Like the past two months of my life, I have created and done more than I ever have in like the past like 20 years. Like, you know, like, you know, starting up this podcast and like launching online programs and creating a website and like I'm running a six week challenge at the moment. And like, I've created this all like literally within the past two months. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I have so much drive and zest for life. And like, I wake up at like 4.30 every morning and like jump out of bed and like 
and like straight into like work and movement and like just there's so much like um yeah so much like energy for life like I have the energy to give now to life that like comes back and I feel like the more that I'm like giving it's receiving and like there's so much more flow in my life now and I think that that's that's really what I would take it back to is like that that feeling of being in flow with nature and in flow with life and having that energy to be able to put into things and you know it coming back to me absolutely I I couldn't agree with you more that's that's pretty much how I feel too yeah it's cool hey like having that much more energy for life well I didn't even think that there was anything um the, the weird part is the only kind of health uh concern that I had was my hair but I never in a million years thought that my diet could cure it now I don't know what caused it and I don't think it's fair for me to say that oh I I know that it was that I prioritized plants because I don't know that I don't know if it was the smoking I think it was a lifetime lifestyle choices for sure um we don't have like balding in our family and all I'm also not sure if that's actually a thing or if it's all diet related um so that was really my only concern so going into this um 30 day challenge for me was more like uh, for, for like my physical appearance. I wanted to lose a little bit of weight. I was not overweight at all, but I'm short. I'm five foot two. So I wasn't really working out as much as I'd like to. And I felt like I was kind of at this point where my weight was just kind of stagnant. So I'm like, you know what, if I could lose like five pounds and then look good and feel good, why not? But then all of these symptoms started disappearing that I didn't even know were symptoms. I thought they were just like a normal part of life. Like uh, this constant need to nap, um, to not only nap after meals, but nap after work. Um, This brain fog, uh, you know, like, I guess also, you know, some feelings of, of like depression, so I feel like this diet has definitely helped with all of that stuff. Yeah. I don't ever, yeah, like I've, I, I never in a million years would have thought that it was all related to food. That's the, that's the crazy part about it. But it makes sense though. And I always like to use this example, like people take, you know, painkillers or anti, antidepressants, um, anti-inflammatory medications, and they're like maybe a hundred milligrams, very, very small amounts, but they make such a difference in how you feel. They either relieve your pain, relieve your symptoms, but they never for a second stop to think that the kilograms of food that we consume daily could possibly have an impact on how you feel. Mm. Like yeah. that, and like I, the, the crazy part is I didn't even know this when, when like a, a year and a half ago, like how do it's, it, it's common sense though, right? Like now that you know it, it's common sense. But I always ask myself, like, how didn't I see this? Like, wh- what was wrong with me? Like it's, and I hate saying that because I don't want to, you know, people to think that I think there's something wrong with them if they're not eating animal based. But I just think like, how are we so programmed to put the crap that we eat in our bodies without even questioning it for a second and seeing the connection with, you know, what we eat and how we feel. Yeah, completely. And like, I think regardless of diet and stuff like that, just paying attention to like 
what makes you feel certain ways. Like, you know, when you said before about like bloating and stuff like that, like I completely feel that I used to be bloated all the time. And like, I had no idea what it was. And like, now looking back, I'm like, oh my God, like so, so obvious. Like when I had, like, I used to make, like, I remember making this like one meal and I used to have it all the time when I was vegan. Cause I thought it was like, it was, it was like, it was high in protein, but like, just like, you know, plant proteins and like super high in like plant toxins. And I just have like heaps of green lentils and heaps of like broccoli and tomato and carrot. And I just make this massive stew basically of like veggies and like eat a massive bowl of that. And like, just be like feeling so lethargic afterwards and so like bloated and like, I like felt gross and like, just like, yeah, like just total lack of energy. And like, I felt like that, like for like a very, very long time of my life. And I thought that that was normal. Like I completely normalized feeling like, you know, lethargic after meals. And like, I used to sleep like 12 to 14 hours every single night, like just because I thought that that's what I needed because, you yeah. know, and I, and I told myself, oh, it's because I'm, you know, I'm a teenager, la, la, la. I'm like, you do not need to like sleep for 12 hours a night and still wake up not feeling great and still like, you know, feel super lethargic after meals or like, I just want to chill on the couch and watch TV or whatever it was like feel. And I totally normalized that. And like, I completely normalized my skin as well. Like being like, oh, it's, you know, it's puberty, like it's natural, like la, la, la. And like doctors told me that and they're like, oh, you know, your hormones are changing, blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, all of these things that I had just normalized, like aches and pains and all that stuff in my body. And, you know, even with aging and stuff like that, people are like, oh, you know, it's just natural. We gain weight when you get older. Like, oh, you can't really move very well when you get older or it's this or it's that or whatever it is. And we normalize all of these things in life or, or we even say, oh, it's just genetic. Like, oh, I have diabetes because it's genetic. And it's like, well, all of those genetics that you have can be switched on and off depending on what we eat and depending on our lifestyle. And it's, it's very, I think it's very sad and it's very, it's very like social, like societally, um, like we're very told like that, you know, these things are all normal and it's natural and blah, blah, blah. But none of this stuff, like none of this stuff is normal or natural. Like you look back tens of thousands of years ago, no one had acne, like no one had diabetes. We didn't have heart disease or cancer or, you know, any of that stuff. It's true. And also like, um, I know Daniel's not here today, but I just um, I wanted to share something. He used to sleep, so he'd go to work, and then after work, he'd eat, and then he would sleep the entire time, like the entire late afternoon, wake up, eat again, and go back to sleep. Like he was always napping. And I remember close to March of 2019, so like the beginning of 2019, that winter, he would literally say to me, like, Petra, like, I don't know, am I depressed? Like, I don't, something doesn't feel right. So he was having these feelings of like, kind of feeling depressed, always tired, um, no motivation, kind of like, he was kind of miserable, to be honest with you. And all of that went away for, for him within like, I, the third week of the carnivore diet. This guy has not napped in a year and a half. Oh my God, that's incredible. Oh, yeah, the only time he, he'll nap is if he... Uh, if he goes off track. So like a couple of times this summer, I think like three times we had ice cream and that rarely happens, but you know what, we're human, right? And he just crashes. Like it's, the days are right off. Like he, he goes back to how he was before. And then he wakes up the next day and he's just like, man, like, that's why it's not worth it. I can't believe that that was my life before. 
Yeah, I feel that. I definitely, how do you, how do you react? How do you feel about dairy in, in bringing up ice cream and stuff like that? How do you, what's your sort of perspective on that? So dairy is an interesting one. We didn't have dairy until about the fourth month on the carnivore diet. We reintroduced raw dairy, but we reintroduced only cheese because raw milk and raw butter is illegal in Canada, but you could find raw dairy. So we reintroduced that. We tried all types, um, goat, sheep, cow. It was very delicious. We, we ate dairy for about four months. I got um, my acne back. I got bloated. Um, I looked like a little bit inflamed. Um, I could feel my clothes fit tighter. I had more cravings for other types of foods and it threw off my hunger cues. So I would feel hungry when like I know I just had a massive roast an hour ago. Um, So I kind of, I quit dairy, but what got me to quit dairy wasn't all of those symptoms because I feel like you don't really notice your symptoms until it's too late. So we went to a meetup in Toronto. Um, We met with a bunch of people who are also either keto or or carnivore. And we, we met a wonderful lady, her name is Helma. And we were just talking about dairy and her and her family, they are basically on this uh, PKD protocol. It's, um, it's a clinic in Hungary. It's called the Paleolithic Ketogenic Diet. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Yeah, and I actually know her as well. Um, I, I just started doing the PKD diet because I'm really curious and I think that that's a really interesting, um, an interesting diet. I'd love you to talk a little bit about that if you know much about it. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so um, we love PKD as well. I don't think we eat the PKD ratios every day, but we always strive for like a higher fat uh, to protein ratio. And we find we feel our best when we have more fat. Like if I have too much protein, I feel tired. So basically we met with Helma and we were talking to her about how much we love cheese. And she goes, you know, like look into this, look into Sophia Clemens at PKD. And I'm just going to tell you right now, like dairy is no good dairy causes things to grow that you don't want growing. So I was like, oh my God, what is she talking about? (laughs) And uh, we went home and we watched the Food Lies episode with Sophia and also Paul Saladino's episode with her. They're pretty similar episodes. I do recommend both of them because even though they're similar, they still talk about a couple of different key points that you could learn from. Um, But she basically... um, she basically says that dairy is good for for infants, for babies, because it's it's meant to to fatten you up, to help them to grow and and develop. But after the infancy stage, you should not be consuming dairy. So um, they have some studies on this. I can't, you know, off the top of my head, uh, recall exactly what they say. But I did. We did quit dairy at that point. And I, f- I feel a lot better when I don't eat dairy. That's not to say that I won't have butter here and there or, um, you know, I don't know, maybe if I ever go to France and I find some really awesome cheese, I, um, I'll, I'll uh, give it a try. But in terms of PKD too, PKD has also um, taught us a lot about eating organ meats. When we first started this diet, and I hate calling it a diet, 
because it's not a diet it's really like a lifestyle mm-hmm. <laughs> um but we were kind of just eating steak and then we met Helma she introduced us to PKD we learned a lot about the importance of eating nose to tail of eating all of the organs the kidneys the heart the brain the tongue the, uh, the liver and ever since introducing organ meats and fat it's really really changed um how we feel and we feel the most optimal we've ever felt yeah i feel completely the same like i remember i remember the first time i had brain um some of my friends brought it to me they're like it was actually on my birthday they were like oh try this and like they they brought it over and i was like cuz they just kind of surprised me with it and it was sitting in my fridge for like a day and i kept looking at it and be like fuck like this is going to be disgusting <laughs> and then they were like just cook it up in butter like dice it up it'll taste really good and i was like oh fuck and i was like okay i got to try it before it goes off and and I had like heard all this stuff that was really, really good for you. And like all this stuff is like really important to have and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. I cooked it up and I was like, this is fucking like the so tasty. Like brain's one of my most like favorite foods now. It's so creamy and so delicious. And like I cook it up in butter and it's like so um, just so, yeah, creamy is like the best way to describe it. And it's, and it's crazy and it makes me feel super good. And like same with like, you know, most other organs, like I feel like my, the main ones that I'll have is like brain and liver and heart sometimes. And like, you know, we get like an organ mince made actually, which has got um, spleen, kidney, liver and heart in it. And it's like that. They do that. Um, they like uh, course it up with um, fat and mince and like we make it into little mince patties and stuff like that. And like that is, oh my God, even better than regular mints. And um, yeah, just incorporating all of those, yeah, organs back in again and stuff. And I was like, wow, like this is actually, these are like damn incredible. And like, I, I have organs every day as well. And it, you like, you just feel so good on it. You do, you do. And we do that too. We Our farmer does a mix of organ meats as well with the ground beef. And it's amazing. We make these, these uh, burger patties or meatballs are so good. I think eating organ meats every day is so important so so important and um it just goes to show like how much there is to learn i think the first three four months we had no idea about organ meats and now here we are eating them every single day and um just feeling our best yeah totally and i also really like you know that eating like the whole animal like there's no waste because i feel like as a society today we really value muscle meat like we're always like oh that rump or that sirloin or that t-bone and like those are what's prized and those are like the more expensive cuts and whatever. But then like all of the organ meats, which are the, like the most nutrient dense part of the animal, which like, you know, ancestrally we would have prized them the most. Like, you know, when we, when we began to hunt, when we ate them, that's what we prized the most because we knew they were the most nutrient dense. And like, that is actually what caused our, um, our brains to begin to like grow and develop. And yes. Yeah. And that we don't even value this anymore. And that, you know, we end up wasting all of these organs or they get put into dog food or like, and it, it, you know, I, I think it's just hilarious that as a society, you know, like muscle meat is still incredible for you and it's still full of like, you know, vitamins and minerals and all of that stuff. But like, um, yeah, that we just don't really value organ meats anymore, but they're so damn good for us. They are. I love that you kind of talked about um, how, evolutionarily we we had to have eaten meat for our brains to grow and i've just kind of been really fascinated by that story i've been looking into it a lot and um because i find one of the arguments that people say like especially vegans they they say that that's not true we were eating fruits and we started off just eating like 
um, little shrubs that we could find and leaves and, and, and flowers. And I'm like, I don't know, like probably at the beginning, I think when we were up in the trees, but we eventually evolved. And when we got on ground and we got on the grasslands and we kind of probably started off eating like the carcasses of, and like being scavengers, right? Yeah. And then I think we, from what the research shows, we did become pretty skillful hunters. And I know that there's like even strong evidence for um, like uh, butcher tools. Like they found uh, butcher tools on bones which shows that we were like using sharp edged tools to like cut and like break the bone to get to the marrow, which is fantastic. Like even back then we had this kind of innate feeling of going towards the most nutrient dense um, part of the animal, which is fascinating. I love like you, I'm, yeah, I'm so grateful that you brought that up because I was actually just listening to something from Bill Schindler. I don't know if you know him, but he he does a lot of um, research around um, like primitive tools. And he was talking about how when we, yeah, we, we, we started off kind of the first introduction to meat for us was um, when we were just scavengers, like that's what we did. Like we would see, you know, there'd be an animal, it would kill something like a deer. And then we, after they would leave, once they had, once that animal had taken all the organs and all of the blood and the fat, the most nutrient dense parts, we would go and we would, you know, like get slabs of meat. And like, that's what, that's what we ate. But then um, we, like what he was saying was that one day someone like, you know, what uh, we were banging two little rocks together and it, it sharpened enough to be um, like a cl- almost claw like. And we were able to, then from there, we were able to sort of begin to create um, primitive tools, like, you know, spears and like knives and stuff like that using stone. And like that became sort of our version of teeth and claws and like, you know, as humans, we're not very strong and we're not very fast. It like, you know, comparatively, like an ant is even stronger than us, like pound for pound weight. And we don't have like, you know, we're not fast like a cheetah. We're not, you know, we, we don't have any of those real physical attributes or anything, but um, we were able to begin to make tools that for us became like almost like, it's almost a part of us, like being able to create these things. And like that became yeah part, a massive part of what allowed us to evolve yeah it's fascinating and i think it like it shouldn't be information that's ignored because if you were to pay attention to it i i truly believe that it would change your perspective on how we see meat like would would meat really would it really make sense that meat is bad for us if it was the main reason why we evolved totally like, yeah I, yeah crazy yeah it's it's interesting like looking at those sort of um myths and like just sort of beliefs that we have around you know especially red meat like gets quite demonized for like being bad for us and you know you know and it's kind of funny because if you actually look at like the science like firstly there's no peer-reviewed science that actually says you know meat is bad for us and then you look at it evolutionarily and it's we've been eating like this forever and like that's what allowed us to evolve so that's you know it like debunks that again and then you also look at like um the nutrient profiles of meat and like that is that has everything we need like all the essential amino acids vitamins minerals everything we need can be found in meat and it's and it's funny that people go oh no like i need to eat like you know fruits and veg to get my like vitamins and minerals but if you actually are eating like a nose to tail animal diet um 
you're getting like, everything you need in so much higher quantities than you can find in plants anyway. So that's, yeah, it's kind of funny that people go, oh no, but it's bad for me. Like, oh, it gives me heart disease. Oh, it's going to give me cancer. And it's, it's funny as well, like looking at it through that point of view, like it's, it's, you know, the whole cholesterol myth is, is quite a funny one in, in that, that, you know, people believe that, um, you know, cholesterol equals like heart disease because cholesterol is found in um, clogged arteries, but like the actual role of cholesterol isn't, um, is to deliver, like is to help support um, when things are going on in the body. And, you know, I, I don't know enough about cholesterol in that sense, but, you know, like looking into the science behind it and I'll link a few um, studies in the, in the show notes below for anyone who, else who's interested, but it's really interesting looking at that and seeing how it's been demonized when, you know, all of these things are actually extremely healthy for us. For sure. I can actually, um, I'll send you um, an episode we did on the Carnival Roundtable on cholesterol. It's fascinating and it's way uh, beyond my knowledge to, to sit here and talk about cholesterol because it's such a uh, challenging topic. Um, but that episode is really, really good. And um, if your viewers are interested, they can watch it. We had a special guest who's pretty much like a cholesterol expert. And he's, he's animal-based and he works in a hospital uh, trying to, I believe, um, educate and support the doctors and the medical staff there with like a nutrition approach perspective. That's yeah, that's awesome. I'll definitely get that link off you and I'll put that in the show notes below as well because, yeah, like cholesterol is such an interesting subject and like my, I, my brain honestly can't retain all that information. But yeah, I'll put it down for people to kind of read and like, you know, begin to understand a little bit because that was something for me, like when I first started like eating a lot of meat and a lot of fat, I was like, oh, like, you know, I feel good and everything, but like, fuck, in like 10 years time, am I going to have like, am I just going to die? Like, you know, is, am I going to have like super high cholesterol or whatever? And yeah, it's, it's a good one to sort of look into and be like, oh no, like this is actually natural and this is really healthy and, it, and it's all good. I think I'm very similar like you in the sense that I'm not, I'm not a medical expert. I have a really hard time explaining to people really difficult theories like, um, for example, the cholesterol, the high cholesterol versus low cholesterol theory. Like I, I understand it when someone else explains it to me or when I read an article, I can fully understand it. But if you ask me to explain it to someone else, I'll, I, I, have, I won't be able to. But what has really helped me to understand for myself and to feel really secure and confident in my decision to eat an animal-based diet is kind of tracing back like where all of these um, these theories came from. So the whole high cholesterol is bad, uh, vegetable oils are good, animal fats are bad. I love to kind of go down the rabbit hole and try to understand that. That That is really, really interesting for me. Like the whole Ansel Keys and Procter and Gamble. I don't know if you've ever looked into that and how they kind of... Um, they, they are the ones that essentially, and the American Heart Association demonized um, animal fats, butter, lard, tallow, and, and um, they did that in order to be able to sell vegetable oils and make huge profits. And then that in turn, I think um, Ansel Keys gained the power to you know do his studies, which then kind of were super cherry picked and um 
then uh, he was able to kind of show the world that meat was bad for you and meat would cause, you know, would clog your arteries. And then I believe probably that's where the whole cholesterol thing came from too. And it's like, it's all linked. If you just kind of look and it's, it's, it doesn't, you don't need a special access to a research database. Like just, you can go on Google. You can, if, if you know how to do your research on Google, you can find um, credible sources. Yeah, totally. And I think that's really like even the, the demonization of fat itself, like back in the fifties and that, you know, like how much money was on the line for, you know, whoever came out on top and like, you know, fat was demonized and sugar was promoted. And like, from then on, like we've just seen like a complete degeneration, like the more sugar and the more like, you know, quote unquote, low fat yogurt and milk and like all of the, um, all of that. And then it's actually just been replaced with sugar and, you know, how detrimental that has been for everyone's health. And I, it kind of, it kind of really upsets me as well. Cause with stuff like that, it's, you know, we've been told all of this stuff and then we've kind of, it's been taken away from us, like our own ability to think about it. Like we no longer question like, but you know, we were eating like this for tens and thousands of years. Like people are like, no, 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 no. Like sugar's fine. Like, you know, um, fat's really bad for you. Like you have low fat, everything. And like, and now on the shelves, like even today, we still have like low fat options for everything, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's honestly, it's for me, the hardest part about transitioning to an animal based diet, it wasn't the actual transition itself. It was like the access to information and to the realization that everything we've been told has been one big fat lie. And that's the hardest, that's the part that I struggle with um, every day. It's, it's an everyday battle, just kind of, you know, I have family members or friends and, you know, they're, they're foodies and they love to eat out. And I could, that's so reasonable because who doesn't, I was, I was in their shoes too, but they'll, you know, they'll tell me about certain um, symptoms they're having, or like they're feeling really tired and, I just want to like shout at the top of my, my lungs and be like, it's your diet, <laughs> you know, but you can't always do that. Cause you don't want to be that friend. That's always like preaching, but I can't help but feel like, um, I, my, my heart hurts sometimes truthfully. It, it's, I know maybe to some people, if you're listening to this, you're like, Oh, come on, it's not a big deal, but it really is. Like if you, if you trace it back to the, I guess it was like in the early 1900s, Procter and Gamble have been at this at a, for a really, really long time. Like, just look into it. Procter and Gamble, Cisco, that was their, sorry, Crisco, that was their first product um, that they came out with. And it was a vegetable oil. And it literally, like, they, the way that they advertised it to the public was like, it was this new, modern, and like, more favorable, ethical um, uh, way to cook your food in comparison to animal fats. They made like pamphlets, cookbook, cookbooks. Um, they even, in I, I believe in the cookbooks, they even had all of the butter and lard replaced. So they replaced it with Crisco. So it was kind of like this whole like propaganda that began. And then um, I think there was like a some kind of like radio contest. I, I think it was called The Walking Man. And um, I think Ameri the American Heart Association 
uh, one and they kind of started working with Procter and Gamble and Procter and Gamble donated like millions of dollars to the American Heart Association. And then from then on is like where it all starts to go downhill. I think um, Ansel, Ansel Keys started, he was working, he was like an American uh, physiologist. He started working um, in the field of heart disease and he he's actually the one that proposed the cholesterol hypothesis that um, animal fats were the cause of like high cholesterol and in, an increase in blood cholesterol. And um, he was the freaking guy that was appointed to be a part of the American Heart Association Committee. So the same people that have ties to Procter and Gamble, they're, they're all connected. And these are the people that have literally paved the way for our nutritional guidelines. It's, it's a huge rabbit hole. And oftentimes I feel like I would love to talk to my family um, about it, but they just kind of look at me like I'm this huge conspiracy theorist. And I'm like, man. <laughs> I, yeah, I totally feel you with that. And, it, and, I, and I also, I really, yeah, resonate with what you said about like, that it, it genuinely hurts. Like, yeah. you know, like I, I think that, you know, diet is massive in like regards to how much we can actually experience the world and like how much energy we can give and how much, you know, how much we can really live each and every day. And it makes me sad to see like a lot of people like, you know, like living in extreme like unhealth and disease and like, um, yeah, it just makes me really sad that like they could just do like a little thing, like change their diet, like go and eat eggs and bacon every day for breakfast and like have mad steaks and like eat and like really enjoy your food and like, you know, eat as much as you want as well. Like don't like, you don't have to be like, you know, starved. Like, I feel like there's a really big like myth around like, oh, if you want to lose weight, you have to be like hungry all the time. And like, that's fucked. And like that, you know, just all of that. And like how, how many people are living in ill health just due you know, and not being able to live their full life due to diet. And, and that, yeah, for me, like that really hurts, especially seeing people that I love, like friends and family. And I'm like, you know, just like a shift in that, it could like will literally change your whole entire life. And yeah, it's, it's quite, um, yeah, it's quite sad. It is. And, you know, I think at the beginning, I, when I first started eating this way, I kind of wanted everybody to be carnivore. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I've realized I've realized that that's not the the right approach and it's it's not necessarily for everybody. I think it is challenging to just eat meat for many people. For me it's not I enjoy it, but I always like wish I could just tell my my, my family and my friends just to eliminate the main offenders which are vegetable oils. Absolutely they should not be consumed and they're found in so many um, processed foods, which is a bonus. Cause if you eliminate vegetable oils, you're immediately going to eliminate like all of the processed foods, the little baked goods that you buy the the prepackaged donuts, all that stuff. Um, also gluten, that's another one. Um, and then you've got the sugar and the refined carbs. Like if you could eliminate those, you're golden, you're way better than, you know, 99.9% .9 of the world population so not you know yeah I'm really grateful that you said that as well because I I completely agree with you that like you know this isn't for everyone and like yeah you can try it if you want and then do it for a bit and you know even just trying it for a little while like for you know six months really healing yourself and then going back to incorporating other stuff and actually being able to um like have the health to be able to process and deal with those foods a lot better but definitely like 
the removal of like vegetable oils and gluten and processed foods and sugars and stuff like that. Like that's something that I believe everyone can do. And like, if you have like, you know, yes, it's hard like because yes, we're addicted to sugar and like, yes, it's in everything. And like, you know, it, that, that is, that is certainly a challenge and it's addiction. Like it's, you know, that's, that's huge, but like we, we have the ability to get over that and go time without it. Like, that's why I really love like, you know, that like the, people do like, you know, 30 days of just meat and like, you know, you will remove so many addictions through that time, just going strict. And then you can, you know, reincorporate back in like veggies and fruit and whatever, like, you know, all of that stuff, but like just keeping to removing like vegetable oils and gluten and like, everything you just said is like super, yeah, just will make a huge difference, you know? Absolutely. I, I, um, I find it really interesting that you, you're able to see it as as a food addiction um, because really that is what it is. I do, I do genuinely think that food is the most normalized addiction that exists. Um, I think it's like, you know, like you, you want some drugs, you go to a drug dealer, you want some food, you go to the grocery store. It's, <laughs> I, like, yeah. it's like you, you want those highly addictive foods. Well, guess what? You're in luck because they're in 90%. They take up 90% of the grocery store aisles. So, and it's so normalized. And I think like the only people that will be able to make true changes to their health, to their, you know, their mind, their, their physical health is when they're able to kind of make that connection between what they're eating and how they're feeling. And the weird part is I kind of dove into this way of eating without even making that connection. I kind of just like, I was up for the challenge, but for the, for, for other people, I think it's like mindset is so important. It's number one, if you're not really open an open-minded person, it's going to be really hard for you to accept that. Like you have an addiction to carbs and sugar. It's okay. Most people do. We, we, we've all been there. But um, until you can kind of realize that, it's going to be really hard to make a change. And I feel so bad because I always see like people, I went to the store the other day to, um, to buy something and the lady that was helping me out, she was, she was such a, a nice woman. She was like super helpful, super chatty, and she was overweight. And she, she told me, she's like, oh, you look so good. You look so healthy. Um, she's like, I'm, I'm pretty healthy too. I'm just like, I'm kind of overweight, but that's just because my sleep is so bad. And I just kind of like in my mind, I'm like, man, I wish I could just tell her right now, like what I eat. And, and then I came home and I told um, Daniel about it. And he's like, you should have just told her like, Oh, I, I look this way. Like I, I may appear healthy. Maybe that's because like I eat an animal based diet. And I, I felt kind of bad. I'm like, man, I should have said something to her. I should have, I should have opened up that that conversation but i just didn't know what would be the right way and i i guess where i was going with that is i see so many people trying to be healthy and it's like you know you got to admire that like some people are so resilient and they keep on trying and they keep on trying but it's so sad that they're trying what the government is telling them is um healthy to to eat or what um you know magazines are telling you to eat or you know um commercial so they're, they're trying all of the wrong things where it's like it's just so simple look at what our ancestors ate that's totally. it 
Yeah, I, I completely feel the same. And I've had so many interactions like that as well. And afterwards being like, damn, like I wish I had said something, but like in the moment it's really hard because it's so nuanced and it's so like people would be so thrown back if you were like, oh, I actually just eat meat like and heaps of fat yeah. and like, and that's it. People would be like, what the fuck? Like, you know, <laughs> and, but, but the more this conversation is had and like the more, you know, it's shared, like that's, that's a big reason that I started this podcast is like, I want this like message to be shared more because like this will change your life and it's not being talked about and it's it's a hard conversation to have for people and it's you know there's so much misinformation around there around health and people you know thinking oh maybe if I could just sleep a little better or maybe I get my stress down or maybe if I just ate more like you know more fruits and veg and or maybe if I cut out meat or maybe if I did this or that or like all of the misinformation that's around like it's it's no it never helps them and like you see so many people who like go and like just you know they'll do a diet for a while and then they chop and change to something else and they do a new exercise routine they do this and that and it causes so much stress in their lives which is not helping the problem at all purely because they don't understand like you know and we're not we're not told it's not even like a they don't understand on an individual level like we're never taught as a society and as a community like how we're supposed to eat and live and yeah it's it's a massive one it's true i was actually um listening to a podcast the other day. I can't remember what it was. Uh, no, actually it's a YouTube video. It's called, it's this YouTube channel called After School. It's really interesting. I'll send it to you. And I don't remember what the episode was about, but they were saying something along the lines of how we spend all of this money on, on scientific research, on studies. We spend millions of dollars on, you know, to study nutrition, create all of these new um, diets, these foods, these pills, but look around, we are the unhealthiest we've ever been. So it's not working. You know what I mean? Like when I was, um, when I was, you know, eating whatever I was eating before, I was eating salads a lot, um, lean chicken. I was taking B12 for my hair, for my skin, for my nails. It wasn't working. If something is working, you are going to reap the benefits. You're going to see it right away. Two months into the carnivore diet, I had like about two inches of baby hair growing at the top of my head. And now I have this like poofy hair that I, I like, it won't stop growing. That means it's working. The diet is working. I'm fueling my body. So it's not really rocket science. It just really like, we've, we've got to look around us and we have to just be um, open-minded really. Like just, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really grateful that you brought that up because it's, it's like, you know, everything in life, like we can overcomplicate all of these things and like, you know, be like, Oh, we need to do this and this. And like, you know, even like, I, you know, I like the, uh, the whole, like, you know, you know, ice baths and like um, red light therapy and all that stuff. And I think it's good replacements, but really like what is actually making us healthy is something like everything we've been doing for tens and thousands of years, like getting sunlight, getting like getting in, you know, cold water, like from, you know, the ocean and like walking heaps, like, you know, as, as women, we did lots of walking, like gathering and men like, did you know, uh, like hunting and stuff like that. Like, you know, women also hunted a little bit as well, but you know, just daily like movement, like throughout the day and like, you know, but instead today, like instead of those kind of things, like instead of the sun, we go and get like, you know, we hop into saunas or like into red light therapy. And then like, instead of like just jumping in the ocean or being exposed to the cold throughout winter, instead we like, 
either we're like rugged up in winter and we have like our cold showers or our ice baths or like going cryotherapy. And then, you know, um, with like movement and training, like we'll train super hard for like an hour a day and totally smash ourselves. And then for the rest of the day, we're sitting like eight hours at a desk and like, we don't even move, you know, like just little things like that. It's so simple. What creates health for us. And we don't have to make it really, really scientific. We don't have to like, you know, do all these like, you know, these technical things and spend hundreds of millions and billions of dollars on like science and blood tests and this and that. Like, it's pretty obvious that if we stick to what's been working for us for tens and thousands of years, then that's, you know, going to continue to create health for us. Yeah. You've got to know when it's just not working, you know, like you have to be able to just analyze your situation. And the same thing. I also, um, I also, I made a video yesterday. I did some like review for this tallow cream that I recently discovered about like six months ago. And in the video, I was saying like, if you're using like, you know, when you spend all this money on skincare products, I used to be like Sephora's number one customer. I used to wear so much makeup right now. I haven't worn foundation in about four or five months. I don't even need foundation anymore. I'll put a little, you know, pencil my eyebrows in, put a little bit of mascara, maybe some blush, but I don't, you know, paint my face anymore. And I used to, <laughs> but um, even though I love makeup, but I did a review on that cream and I was saying in the video that so many people there, they spend all like all this money on uh, face wash, face scrub, face cream. And you have to be able to analyze if your skin is changing, if it's staying the same or if it's gotten better. And if it's staying the same or it's um, gotten worse, like, it's just not working, honey. Like you gotta look at what you're eating. And I, I, I can't preach that enough. I truly think that diet is also very, very closely related to food. And I know you brought up the topic of um, hormones and yeah. it made me think though, like a lot of the foods that we eat when we are more plant-based or when we're eating all of these vegetable oils, it's true, they do affect our hormones. So when you go to a dermatologist and they tell you, oh, it's just your hormones, they're partially right, I think. I think they, they kind of have the idea, but then they don't go into the next step to kind of explore what is impacting your hormones. Yeah, I hate, I hate that because, like, I love it, but I, like, I hate that what, like, dermatologists and doctors generally... Like not all of them, there are some that come at it from a different point of view, but so frequently like, oh, your hormones are messed up. Let's fix that. But they fix the, you know, they fix what you're seeing. So the skin is bad. So let's like, you know, let's give you all these creams, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, in, but they're never actually being like, oh, like what's your diet? Like, you know, you know, what's your stress? Like what's all of these things that's actually causing, you know, what's causing whatever the issue is. And, you know, you see it in like so many things like anxiety, depression, all that stuff, like people being given pills for it. And like, I think that, that, yeah, there's a time and place for that. Like if it's very extreme, like maybe going on them and then changing diet and like, you know, all changing your diet at the same time and gradually weaning off the pills and just using diet. But um, yeah, I definitely think that there's a massive, like, you know, we we're very reliant on, you know, using all these medications and stuff that cost us so much money throughout our lifetime if we're constantly on them as well as like, they're just making our, like our, they've got so many side effects and they're making our like health even worse. And, but instead what we could do is just um, like actually treat the cause through diet and, and not have to rely on all of that stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, it annoys me looking back to like, especially when I was dealing with a lot of skin issues and like I dealt with this for years and years and like thought that it was never going to go away. And like, I remember used to like, I used to think like, God, like, you know, like even when I'm an adult, like, am I still going to have this? Is it like never going to go away? Like, how am I going to fix this? Is anything ever going to work? Because I tried like freaking everything. And like looking back, I'm so like, you know, I actually am annoyed, like how much struggle I went through and how many people that I went to to try and like heal myself and no one really tried to address the actual cause and no one ever like no one ever pointed to diet like you're so right oh my goodness i i never thought about that the amount of of like facials i got different types of facials different clinics nobody ever asks you like oh what have you been doing recently that's made your skin this way have you been eating anything different have you uh been on the, the only thing they ask you is if you're like taking any medication or if you're on birth control but no one ever asks about food and it's at the end of the day it's just another industry right it's like yeah i guess it's the beauty industry so yeah it's um it's definitely been uh quite an eye-opening last uh two years i'd say a year and a half it's been life-changing really yeah totally and it's it's quite um yeah, it annoys me because it is an industry. Like it's all an industry and we're all there. Everyone's making money. Like I don't even want to go into like the pharmaceutical industry and like how big pharma is making so much money from us being so fucking sick. And like, you know, people aren't being educated and people aren't being told because of the money and like how, like how many people are profiting from our sickness and, you know, from our reliance on, you know, their pills or their like, their like fake food or whatever it is. And, you know, it really like frustrates me in that sense that, so many people are struggling so much every single day and people are doing it intentionally to make money. It's so true. I Did you ever watch the Sean Baker and uh, Joe Rogan episode? No. Good. Oh, man. It, it's good because it, so it kind of relates to what you were saying. He, um, he was an orthopedic surgeon, I believe, and he i can't remember exactly what he said word for word but he basically started recommending i believe a low carb diet for his patients mm. and one by one they would come back to his office feeling better and better getting off their medications not requiring surgery anymore and i think that the um like his, his i guess his managers or the higher ups were not happy about that and i think he i think he got his license taken away um so yeah just crazy stuff like that like you're you're right they 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 want to keep us sick they do they don't want us to to take health into our own hands and it's it's scary but at the end of the day it is what it is and we can only focus on what we have control over otherwise like life's not going to be too uh too good if you kind of just you know rely on the system to care for your health because unfortunately i don't think that that's a, a sure way to guarantee your health yeah yeah completely agree how would you say that people could um if people listening are like okay like i'm, I'm willing to give this a try like i might like i'm gonna try this for a little bit how would you say people could sort of transition or like shift into an animal-based diet okay so I would say that the best way to do it and probably the the easiest I am it's it's a tough one though because like I always on our podcast the carnivore roundtable we've talked about it before and like most of the members there agree that 
the best way is to kind of, you know, ease into it, kind of go from like a ketogenic uh, approach, low carb, eliminate the sugar. And that way you can still kind of ease into the transition, but you're not, you know, just from one day to another eating only meat, which is what my, I did and what Daniel did. I could see that perspective. And I totally agree that for some people that might be easy, but for others that might be more difficult because you have to, you know, track how many carbs you're eating. I know a lot of people that don't even know what a carb is. My dad doesn't know what a carb is. The other day he asked me what a carb was. He's like, what are carbs? So I had to kind of tell him like there's, you know, vegetables have carbs and there's refined carbs, like the bread that you eat every day. So it would be hard for someone like my dad to go keto without some pretty big support by his side. Mm. Um, But it would be much easier for him, I think, to just start eating meat. But it, it's like there's pros and cons because just eating meat, it kind of fucks with you. <laughs> like the first, the first month is hard for some people. It was really, it was easy for Daniel because he's half Argentinian. So they, they love their red meat. They love steak. So it was easy. This was like wonderful for him. But for me, it was torture. Like I really did suffer the first two weeks, but in the third week, it became much easier. So I think what I would say is start off by cutting out the main offenders like i mentioned before start with the gluten start with the main um the sorry the vegetable oils the refined carbs the sugar and then if you still want to eat some vegetables i would go low carb and if you really really want to get more into it look for like the low oxalate vegetables low in the anti-nutrients and um increase your animal food intake but if you're really up for a challenge and you want to see results in like four weeks some really intense results I would say dive into the carnivore diet but you know don't listen to me I'm also not a doctor but it worked really well for me I know a lot of people who have done it like 30 days and um, they've succeeded but I also know a lot of people who have tried it and they were not able to get um, past the second week yeah, I, I love that you kind of gave people two options because, yeah, transitioning like what I did, I, you know, like from being vegan to like slowly incorporating meat and kind of just being on a standard diet again and then going to paleo and cutting out like processed foods and then going to keto, so cutting out carbs and then, then finally going to carnivore. Like that was, that really worked for me because I understood like what was, what was like, what was carbs, what was protein, what was fat and like what, what I required and like how I could navigate and properly be in all of those diets. Whereas like, yeah, if you don't know, just eat meat, like try and get grass fed, try and get um, really fatty cuts and just eat heaps of meat, like eat meat, eat eggs if you deal with them well. And like, that's really simple. And in like what you said, like, if you want incredible, like if you want like an incredible transformation in 30 days, like I, I, you know, I don't really like a lot of those like 30 day quick this, quick that, whatever. But I genuinely believe that in 30 days, like changing your diet to like a, an animal based, you know, carnivore diet, like you will like having incredible results. And, you know, even if you're skeptical about it, try it for 30 days. Like I always like to think like, you know, I, I like to, there's something that um someone that said to me the other day and they're like, okay, like know the other side of the argument better than you're like, you know, whoever you're talking to. So like, say I'm a carnivore, I need to know veganism, like why to be vegan more than, like, you know, equally 
knowing both sides, if that makes sense. And, and so, yeah, like say you're really hesitant towards and you go, I don't believe this car. I think this carnival thing's fucked. Like try it, try it for 30 days. Like it won't kill you. And then see, and then reassess it and like, see how you feel. And maybe you'll feel incredible and may, or maybe not like, maybe it's not for you, but definitely, you know, be open to it and, and try it. Yeah, I think it also depends on the person too. Like if you are, let's say you're vegan and you're at your wits end, you're not feeling well, maybe you haven't had your period in about four years, maybe your hormones are completely out of whack, it might not make sense for that person to dive into a carnivore diet. Yeah. So maybe then you just, you can start with eating some salmon, eating a little bit of chicken with the skin on eating some, maybe some bone marrow, but you make it into a pancake so that you don't taste or see the bone marrow. So like, it's not so black and white. And that's why it's hard for me to, to, to say like, oh, this is the best way. It just depends on the person and what they're up, up for. I know, like, I know guys that absolutely love meat. They try the carnivore diet and they can't do it past the second month because they're like, Oh, I need some vegetables with my, my meat, you know, but at, in, at the end of the day, they still learned a lot in that process. You know, they learned, um, they, they probably don't have a desire to eat junk food anymore or to use vegetable oils for cooking. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's up to everyone, but I do think it's definitely worth a shot just to eliminate the main offenders. That's, that's like all that we could wish for, you know, eliminate the man-made foods. Yeah. I love that. And you touched on before earlier, you talked about the high oxalate foods. I'd love you to kind of talk a little bit about why people should eat less plants. Like, you know, there's, it's very easy to say, just eat more meat, eat more meat, but people like, why would I not eat like, you know, fruits and veg? Like we've always been told that they're good for us. So I'd love you to kind of talk a little bit about why maybe that idea of veggies being really, really good for us is a little bit skewed. Yeah, so this was actually um, probably the most convincing um, convincing point to Christina, Daniel's sister, uh, that day when she kind of gave that whole speech about why she would challenge us to do the carnivore diet. And it was this whole notion that plants have anti-nutrients and I'd never heard about it before. And I was like really, really disturbed that I'd never heard about something like this in 27 years. It's literally something that you can Google and you will find. Like, you know, when you Google, um, um, does meat clog your arteries? You'll find tons of articles showing that meat clogs your articles. Yeah. I mean, um, arteries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> arteries. Um, but it, so when you, when I searched up, uh, plant oxalates, I found loads of information. So it's actually available to the public, which is even more infuriating because I don't know why we're not taught this at all. Like it's a secret, but it's not really a secret. So um, basically to kind of put it in simple terms, plants, unlike animals, like animals, we can, they can defend themselves. They can run, they can, you know, jump in a tree. Plants can't defend themselves but they still have to, like they evolve that way. They need to protect themselves. They need to protect their own, their, their offspring, I guess their seeds. So through evolution, they um, developed anti-nutrients, which is pretty much like their self-defense against predators and anti-nutrients. There's a couple like uh, oxalates is a really, really 
um, big one. And I know that spinach is super high in oxalates and that's like the main food that people eat when they want to be healthy, spinach salad. And when I looked into oxalates, I know Sally K. Norton is a really, really um, big figure in the oxalate world. She got incredibly sick from like pretty much oxalate toxicity. Like she had, when you eat too much, too many oxalates, you basically get these like crystals that form in your body. And um, it can also, I believe, block the absorption of other, um, I think it's like uh, iron and calcium and magnesium. Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. And then um, another one is, what was it? It's in like nuts and seeds and beans. Let me see. I really wanted to bring this one up. There was like, a, I just can't remember the exact anti-nutrient. I think it was, oh, phytic acid. Yeah. So phytic acid is in grains, beans, nuts. And that one's really messed up because it can block zinc. Um, there was actually a study, this woman named Georgia E did a study and it's funny, like the way that I, the best way that I can explain it is when you eat, um, so let's say oysters, they're really high in zinc, right? But when you eat oysters with foods that contain phytic acid, it pretty much like blocks the absorption, but it depends what you eat. So let's say you eat oysters by themselves you'll absorb most of the zinc from the oysters. If you, in the study, it showed that if you eat oysters with black beans, which are um, a legume, you'll absorb like maybe 50% less of the zinc. And then when you eat oysters with corn tortillas, you absorb none of the zinc, which is crazy to me. Like that's not that's not a subtle effect. Like that's, that's quite drastic. And people don't know this. Like they're just pairing, you know, when everyone says like everything in moderation, like, you know, I like my veggies with my, my meat. I like my, my salad with my steak or my salad with my roast. And it's like, okay, but you're like eating it. And it's all of the nutritional values being dissolved potentially because of all of the freaking phytic acid, acid you're eating or all of the oxalates. So it's like, Oh man, it's such a rabbit hole. Totally. Yeah. I'm, I actually looked at that same study and my partner telling me about it and I was like, what the fuck? Like, you know, and it's, it's, it's scary to think like, you know, about like how, how like we never just like, you know, if before we're going into like an animal based diet or anything that we never just eat a steak or we never just eat oysters. It's never, it's never just meat alone. It's always like a combination of things. And, and they're like, you know, the lack of absorption that we're getting of these things like you see so many people who are like oh i ate so much meat but like my iron's always lower like i'm pretty much anemic or like whatever it is they're like oh you have to take zinc supplements because like i you know i don't absorb any zinc and it's like well there's reasons for that and like so much of it is is what we're actually pairing pairing foods with exactly exactly i can't believe i didn't know about this like i don't i feel like this should be mandatory in school like we should be taught this yeah, I completely agree. Like I, I think that as well as like learning how to read nutritional labels, like just really, really basics of like being able to take, you know, being taught about food and nutrition and then being able to make decisions for yourself. Like we are so like, 
yeah, we're so it's none of this is taught. I know. I'm, look, I'm like thinking back to elementary school and I don't even remember my nutrition class. And I feel like I, sh- that should be like the one class that we, we need to remember. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like and it's everything. Yeah, it is everything. And then everything that we're actually are taught back then, like everything's just based on like, you know, here in Australia, the, you know, Australian guidelines or, you know, in America, the American guidelines. And, and all of that is, is fucked anyway, because like you actually look at like, you know, the pyramid or the circle or whatever we use these days. And it's like, it's, it recommends to have like three to four servings of carbs a day and have like, you know, this and that. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, this is like, this is not good for us at all. And like, why are you recommending people have this? Yeah, for sure. I think our, um, our food, yeah, you're right. It used to be a pyramid. It looks like a plate right now. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, yeah, half of the plate is, fruits and vegetables I believe and then we've got our protein but just a little bit of meat I see on there and then whole grain foods oh man yeah it's really crazy like it's really skewed and there's like um there's actually like there's just there's, this isn't like what they've designed this on isn't based on like science at all like there's not like it's it's kind of fucked like how are you recommending this to people when there's no science telling that we should be eating grains like it's not natural it's not good for us like you know no one is designed to like process gluten yet alone like everything else that's in grains and you know and it's so skewed like even looking at that like even looking at the whole because like with with carnivore a lot of the time things come up like oh what about fiber like how am i just not going to shit and like, you know, even looking at that and like how much fiber we're recommended to have. And like, we don't like, you know, it's not even, it's not even something that we need to have in our diet. Absolutely. I'm actually curious, like what, what do, what's the population eating in Australia? Like what are, are there a lot of vegan people? Is it more like a plant-based movement? I know, I know, um, I think I was watching Joe Rogan again. He was talking about how in Los Angeles, it's like the LA diet, like good luck finding like a meat based group in LA. Cause you go to, you go to restaurants and everything's just like vegan, this vegan, that it's a huge vegan movement there. How's Australia? Wow. That's, that's really interesting. I think it's, I don't, I don't know too much. I know a lot of the young population is vegan or vegetarian, um, which like, yeah, brings up that point again. Like, I don't know, it makes me quite sad because I'm like you, like a lot of the time we believe that it is best for the environment or best for our health or best, you know, ethically that this is the best choice. And like a lot of people choose to do it because of that. And it's not necessarily the case. And um, yeah, and yeah, meat eating and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like it's it's generally going down and I don't know too many other carnivores like, you know, I feel grateful to be able to have social media, to be able to connect with people around the world and in other parts of Australia, because it's, it's rare to find, like, you know, I, I've met a few, like it was, it was crazy to find my partner at, that he's also a carnival. Cause like finding that, like, I don't know anybody else my age that's, um, that eats meat only, you know? Yeah. That's kind of like a one in a million chance. You're so lucky. It's so much easier when you have a partner that eats the same way that you do. I can't even imagine being on this journey alone or dating somebody that wasn't animal-based. It would be very difficult. So I'm, I'm glad that you you found someone too. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And like, it's his mom as well. It's just made and like, it's it's very, um, and she's a doctor as well, which is very like, it makes me quite, um, I feel quite, 
like I feel I feel good in that choice as well like I've talked to her about stuff and like oh like what about this and like you know like I feel quite supported and be like oh cool like you know she's been a doctor for like I don't I don't know how long like decades and um yeah and just to be like oh cool wow like you really know your stuff and like to be yeah to be in that community as well with them is is amazing yeah I think one of the things that I'm so grateful for and I never had is um is this community we've we've met so many people in Toronto and probably if it wasn't for COVID, we'd probably would have traveled. And, you know, I know there's like events in the States and stuff like, uh, I think it's called Oakchella at White Oak Pastures. Like we probably would have hit that up too. Like it's, it's wonderful. So many nice people. I actually feel like I have like not pen pals, but like the 2020 version of pen pals. Like I have <laughs> real friends like online like it's not just like oh somebody that I know on the internet like oh I actually feel like I know this person we talk every day you know yeah totally it's It's cool hey like I think that there is like yeah like what we were talking about before how like food food creates community and like food brings people together absolutely I like that not like I I don't ever want to just be like doing something so that I can belong in a certain group so I don't feel like it is like that like this is genuinely like a lifestyle that I want to live and I think I'm always going to be animal based whether or not I'll introduce other foods is I I probably won't but I never want to say never because you don't know like how your body's going to change I can't predict the future the body is so complex I have no idea what's going to happen how I'm going to feel two three or five years from now but I think based on the information that I know I'm always going to be animal based. So I'm so thankful to have found this, uh, this community. Yeah, that's awesome. And while we're speaking about this community, um, who, who have you sort of been influenced by in this community that's, that's been supportive and that people can also find that they can learn a little bit about, um, you know, an animal based diet. Sure. So um, the first person that I, I heard was doing the carnivore diet was uh, Jordan Peterson. And he's like really, really huge for us. I just think he's such a smart man. I'm not sure if you know who he is. Yeah. So he's actually from Toronto. Well, he was a professor at the University of Toronto, I believe. So that's kind of cool. It's like, oh, he's from like where where we live. Um, So when we heard that he was doing the carnivore diet, it kind of reassured me that I was like, okay, this man is a genius. Like, I'm not that worried, right? Like if he's doing it, you know, I shouldn't be uh, scared. And um, nutrition with Judy, her name is uh, Judy Cho. She is a nutritionist. She's freaking awesome. I love her because she's always so consistent um, in her message. I think there's been a lot of confusion in the animal-based community recently. People have been reintroducing carbs and uh, a lot of fruit, a lot of honey, and people are getting confused like what do you mean that's not carnivore that's not carnivore and she just she's been writing her book so she's kind of been on a little instagram hiatus but she just recently came back and like gave her two cents on it and i just think she's like she is just so on point like she just basically thinks that like carbs are non-essential and it's okay to eat vegetables if your gut has healed but don't bash the carnivore diet for your health issues unless you've given it a real 
fair shot and you've done like a clean carnivore, more of like a PKD high fat ratio. Cause a lot of people think that they're doing carnivore or animal based, but they're not doing it properly. They're still having like uh, pasteurized dairy or um, um, what's it called? Like salami or, you know, packaged deli meats and things like that. And you're obviously not going to react well to that. So she was just kind of like, Hey, 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 like, don't blame the carnivore diet, really, really analyze if you've done it properly before you criticize this diet, because it's, it's really uh, done so well for so many other people. Totally. And uh, even just people not eating enough fat. I think that that's something that, you know, I did for a little while, because it's very like, our society is really like, you know, we're very like scared of fat. And like, you know, even like, you know, my family will like cut all the fat off their meat. And I'm like, what the, f-? like, you know, and I used to do the same. Like I used to always have like chicken breast and like even the chicken thigh, I was like, no, that's like too fatty or whatever. And just like, always be cutting the fat off the steaks and things like that. But really like emphasizing fat, like more so than you even think in a, in a kind of a diet, like, you know, the past like couple of weeks I've been doing that going even higher fat than I ever have before. And like, I feel like incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I know people that are that don't feel well on the carnivore diet and they consider um, like bacon grease and butter to be uh, their fat source. And I'm like, I don't know, like you, you've got to try eating some grass fed beef fat. Totally. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you're going to feel your most optimal if you're just like spreading the butter on your steak. I, I don't think so, truly. Yeah. So, um, and then who, who else? Uh, Sophia Clemens from, uh, Paleo Medicina, Medicina. Um, she's awesome. I think she's like a real OG. She's another one who's like super like, um, confident in whatever she says and they have the research to back it up. She's on Instagram, but she doesn't really post a lot. I think she's too busy working. And then the other person is Helma. So Helma is, someone who pretty much fights for her like her her children uh she has three kids and they all were diagnosed with autoimmune um illnesses at a very early age she's um she lives in toronto and they basically they went through a really long journey of like healing their um, health issues they first started off by eliminating gluten I think that made a little bit of a difference, but not a large difference. Her daughter was diagnosed with some form of arthritis. I believe it was like at eight years old. So very, very early on, her kids stopped growing, like physically stopped growing. Um, they started experiencing mental health challenges. So she was like in and out of sick kids hospital, didn't know what to do. Um, I think I think they were diagnosed with celiac. And eventually she discovered Paleo Medicina and Sophia and started doing consultations with her. And almost all, I believe, of their illnesses have been reversed. So like this woman is an example of like true resilience, doesn't give up. She is an inspiration to me. And um, I hope to like one day be uh, a mother like she is to her children to just not give up. And, you know, it's it. It takes a very special individual to question the doctors, 
you know, when you're at your wits end and you don't know what to do to help your children and you still disagree with your doctors and you think, you know what? No, like I'm not going to keep putting my children on these pills. Like her daughter, I believe was on so many different kinds of medications and she just instinctually felt like that was wrong and that she needed to take matters into her own hands and her and her husband, they, they fought till, till the end. And I believe they're still fighting today. They're still doing consultations because they really want to fine tune everything until they get their health in check. And I really admire that because that just goes to show you it's the freaking food. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, if they can't, like, that's such a good example. You know what I mean? Like that family, they had so many autoimmune issues, mental health, and everything one by one, slowly but surely is being reversed. And what are they doing they're not on medication. They're using food as their fuel. Yeah, that's awesome. I actually was chatting with her um, a little, a few weeks ago, and she was who like really convinced me to do BK, to do BK, PKD, uh, just because she had told me how how incredible like her her family has like and how much healing they've been able to um, do through that, and it, that was really inspiring. Yeah, I love her. She's so sweet. It's I'm like so lucky that we live in the same city. That we can, you know, well, not right now with COVID, we're not really able to all meet. It's, I think there's like some new restrictions. I think it's about like five people or in a restaurant, so there's no point. But when the restrictions kind of eased up a bit, we all met and that was nice to see them again. Oh, that's awesome. I'll put all of these links to everyone that you've just talked about as well in the show notes so that people can kind of check them out and see what their, their research and what they've been up to. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about before we begin to wrap this up? Um, hmm, I think we've, I think we've covered a whole lot. I mean, like we probably would need another episode if we're going to get into anything else. Cause there's so much to totally. talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I'd love to, um, for you to share how people can connect with you and how they can, yeah, see a bit more of your stuff. Yeah, so we have an Instagram. Um, it's called The Meters, and you're going to see a lot of food pictures on there, a lot of food posts. Um, and then we have a, a YouTube channel. It's also called The Meters, and there we have recipes, but we are kind of transitioning into more like video conversation slash podcast. So that's coming up within the next two weeks, which I'm very excited about. I, I, um, I don't know. You kind of inspired me too, to be honest with you. Like I uh, listened to two of your episodes of your podcast and I'm like, man, you know what? Like I want to do this too. I want to do like video format, I think. So yeah. So our YouTube channel will, will, will change a little bit. And then um, we're, we are on another podcast. It's called the carnivore Roundtable, And um, I'll send you the link to the YouTube channel for that. That's an awesome podcast. It features myself, Daniel uh, Badgett, who is a radiologist, Kate Mitzi, who's a functional nutritionist, and Alicia, who's just like a regular person like Daniel and I. She's like keto carnivore-ish. And we, on that podcast, we feature um, guests who either have like a medical background or more of like a professional background. They're either like we had a gastroenterologist on there. We had nutrition with Judy recently, which is so awesome. I'm like a huge fangirl of hers. So to have her on the podcast episode was awesome. So that's that's the more like professional podcast. And then the one that Daniel and I are going to do is going to just be like inviting anyone and everyone that like 
kind of piques our uh, interest. Awesome. I love it. I'll put um, all of those links in the show notes below as well for everyone to check out. Thanks guys so much for tuning into this episode that I recorded with Petra. I will be sharing links to connect with her and myself in the show notes below. Please feel free to share this episode around, tag Petra and myself and let us know what you think. I hope you guys all have an awesome weekend and got as much from this episode as I did. I found it really, really valuable to chat with her, understand her experience and understand the carnivore diet a little bit more.